Well, thank you, Tony, for sharing. Go ahead and turn to uh, 2 Corinthians 5 this morning. And uh, Happy New Year. It's hard to believe that uh, we are at the end of uh, 2018. As we began this year, I had a message where we talked about you know, where we were headed throughout the year. I just want to recap that message and kind of ask ourselves the question, how did we do uh, in 2018? Back in 2017, a friend of mine had a missions emphasis weekend, and they made t-shirts out and just said, uh, the church has left the building, and they went and did a lot of things in the community, and I thought, hey, that's a great statement, and uh, uh, as we began 2018, I reminded us of uh, Elvis Presley. Remember, he came on the scene, and when he would leave, what would they say? Elvis has left the building, right? And so we had a theme in 2018 that choice has left the building. We wanted to get out into our community. We knew that uh, God was working in Tony's life for him to make some uh, transitions uh, there after he had uh, uh, left and, and finishing up at uh, Liberty University. Uh, Pastor Jeff had uh, been praying about what God was doing in his life, and he knew that, that God was guiding him to make some transitions. So one of the first weeks of 2018, he began sharing his heart about God transitioning, and next week he's going to uh, preach for us and just talk about what God's been doing in uh, his life as well. And it all centers around what we call the Great Commission. When Jesus left this earth, he said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go into all the world and tell people about me, what I did for you on the cross, that I died, was buried, and rose again. That's the gospel. That's the good news. We want to get that message out to the world. Jesus said it this way in Luke chapter 14. Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. We're to go and we are to invite people to enter into God's kingdom. Whether it be missions around the world or us witnessing around the street, God wants his message of forgiveness to go to the world. That's why he came. That's what Christmas is about. That's what Easter is about. That's what the local church is to be about, focusing on evangelism, sharing our faith. Throughout the summer, we had testimonies. This is my story, and I'm going to tell it. And as important as evangelism is, I kind of have a love-hate relationship with evangelism. I mean, it's the greatest message of all that we can tell people how to get to heaven. But at the same time, I mean, when I uh, was younger and learned how to share my faith, it's say, you know, do you believe in God? Do you believe in Jesus? Do you know where you're going to go when you die? Well, that's pretty shocking of a question, right? Why are you talking about me dying? You know, that's a pretty serious question. And say, what are you trusting in to get to heaven? And most people have the wrong answer. And so you say, well, you're wrong. And uh, so let me tell you the right answer. And like, he's like, you know, I just, I've never really liked that. You know, I guess, uh, you know, that people-pleasing nature, not wanting to be rejected, all those kind of things. Uh, but we have the greatest message of all, but if we're not careful, we don't share that message 
with others. And God said, I want you to go. I want you to take this message. And uh, uh, over the, the summer, we talked a lot about fusion and racial reconciliation. We worked with dozens of other churches in the community and trying to deal with that aspect. And it's a great uh, message because we tell people you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And that is so true. But when it comes to the gospel, we have to tell people that God is holy and we're not, that we are sinful, that we are separated from a holy God, and if we don't get back in, in relationship with him, we will spend eternity separated from him. That's just not a very fun message, really, is it? To talk about God's love and his forgiveness, all these things is great, but None of those things really have any bearing unless we understand that God is holy and that we are sinful and that we need to enter back into fellowship with God. On uh, December 26th, I had uh, thoughts and plans what I was going to do with the day, and Paula had different thoughts and plans what should happen that day. And so she said, hey, there's a, a lady that's just out of luck, having a lot of difficulty why don't we go up there and we can see how we can um, you know, try to minister to her. And I don't know if she goes to church or she's a believer or anything. And I was like, great, uh, I get a few days off and uh, what am I going to be doing? Ministry. And I'm like, ah, you know, I just, uh, my, I, the attitude wasn't quite there, you know, at first. And so uh, we went and, and man, we learned uh, about this lady and, uh, you know, just, She's really worked hard and, and I think made good decision, but just in kind of a bad situation with health situations with family and stuff. And uh, when we left, I gave her a gospel track and I asked her about church and she told me what she thought of churches and pastors and those. I don't even know if she knew I was a pastor, you know, and just uh, they make too much money and you know, all these kind of things. And I said, well, here's the most important thing. And I turned the church flyer that we have over and I said, this tells you how you can know you're going to heaven. She said, well, I've been baptized. And uh, I said, well, go ahead and make sure you take some time to read this. This tells you how you can know you're going to heaven. And when we drove out, I saw her reading the track. I'm like, amen. I mean, that's great. Uh, a couple weeks before that, I was uh, doing ministry at... Uh, um, Gale Middle School with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, Coach Carter and I uh, go and do a Bible study. And let me just say, we would love to have uh, some other families a part of that, some younger people. Man, these are our middle school kids that are making lifelong decisions. And uh, here's kind of a rule we have. If you want to play, we do some games and then we do uh, what we call a huddle or a, a Bible story, a lesson. And so we say, if you play, you got to stay. And there's this one kid, he'd shoot some hoops and stuff. And before we get started, he'd try to sneak out and stuff. And so uh, Coach Carter talked with him. I said, hey, you know, if, if you're going to play, you got to stay. And he said, oh, yeah, no problem. I, I'll stay. And uh, it was a week that the group had asked me just to share the gospel right before Christmas. And so I'm just presenting the simple gospel message. And here's a kid, I don't know if he has any church background or anything, and he's there, and he's just so intently looking. You know, there's a lot of kids, they're in teen groups, they're in church and stuff, and they've heard this message a whole lot of times, but this kid was just like, just so amazed, his eyes, and I was like, I really doubt if he ever heard 
a clear gospel presentation before. I thought, wow, that is so cool. That is having the opportunity to share our faith with people, how people can end up in heaven. And what we call that is being an ambassador for Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says this, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. It just simply means that we are to be Christ's representative. It has the idea of an ambassador, you know, living in an uh, embassy, a very important person, a statesman that, that is representing his community. But, you know, we all represent something. Some people represent a sports team. Tony was trying to figure out what Ed had on his shirt, and I said, oh, it's a red hook. That made sense. All right. thinking, what is that, a pagan symbol or something? You know, what? It, no, and I, I didn't think that, but I was like, oh, it's a red. It, it symbolized, it represented his community, right? And maybe you have a sports team. If you're from a particular military branch, you represent uh, that. There's uh, uh, countries that we represent. And some people represent the Lollipop Guild, right? And so I was thinking about that. I'm glad somebody uh, laughed at least, uh, thinking about the uh, Munchkins there. But it's a way we show our affiliation. It is the way we respect our heritage. We are ambassadors. Now, the question is not whether or not, I still think that was a funny joke, so I'm still, I'm laughing whether you guys do or not, so I'm, I'm singing the song in the back of my mind right now, just thinking of the witch laying down there, so, but anyway, where am I in this message here, so, so it's not, it's real, thank you, great, all right, it's not whether or not we are a representative, the, the reality is we are a representative, it's just what kind of representative am I? Am I a good representative or am I not so good? How do I represent the attitude I possess, the actions we have, the habits in our life, our speech, the way we deal with problems, the way we relate to people, that determines what kind of representation we are before God. We are to represent God's kingdom. We are ambassadors for Christ. We represent Christ. He's not here anymore. We are his body. We're his hands and his feet. We are to be the mouthpiece of God. We share the message that he shared while he was here. And he sent us out and he says, now I'm leaving. All power has been given to me and I am giving you that authority. Now go to the highways and hedges. Wherever you go, take this message. So I wrote a few questions down about being God's representative. Why would the people around you want to become a Christian? I mean, how is your life different, okay? The way you deal with your family, the way you deal with your finances, the circumstances of life, the way you, you communicate and stuff. How is your life in such a way that people would say, they have something that I don't have? How are we different than them? Do you have something to offer your family, your friends, your classmates, your coworkers, or whoever it is? I know we live in a society and it seems like Christianity just wants to be just like the world. How close can we be to the world? How can we act like the world, be like the world, and just uh, you know, be the same? But God wants us to be different. 
He said, be ye holy as I'm holy. I want you to be different because you're a Christian. So when it comes to being an ambassador, in January, I asked three questions, and I just want to revisit them. The first was this, do I know the message? Do I know the message that can cause people to be reconciled? What is this idea of being a representative? Look at verse 20 again. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. That means God wants to restore people back to him. Reconciliation is God over here wanting people to come to him. He desires it. He has planned it out from eternity past. He sent Jesus into the world to seek and to save us. But we as mankind have turned our back. Ever since Adam and Eve made their own choices, their free will choice, to eat of that fruit and to do their own thing, we have this sin nature, and we want to go our own way. We want to figure out our way. We want to figure out what uh, you know, our religion is going to be, what our morality is going to be, what our truth is going to be. And God is over here begging us to come back. And he said, we pray you in Christ's stead. That's what God is calling us to do. We do it in place of Christ. Be ye reconciled to God. Come back to him. We have offended a holy God. God loves us so much that he gave the greatest gift of all, but God is holy and he can't allow our sin into heaven. The only way to get to heaven is through Jesus. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And so Jesus being God can take the hand of God and, and being man can take the hand of man and bring mankind back into relationship with God. Be ye reconciled to God. That is the message. Luke 19, 10 says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Now, growing up, I heard that word, a lost. You know, uh, we pray for the lost, and the world is filled with lost. And, and over the years, we've said, we, we can't call people that. We've got to call them pre-Christians or, you know, all kind of different uh, terms. But God has a very strong term. If you're not in Christ, you are lost. You're separated from him. Even in uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 3, notice what this first, uh, verse 3 says. For if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. I mean, we live in a world of lost people that need Jesus. I mean, just take the whole idea of morality today. When in our public schools, they can't figure out what a male is and what a female is. I mean, we're in a lost condition. When I talk to young people and they talk about just living with the uh, people they're not married to and they don't even think about it, maybe they don't even realize there is such a thing as sexual integrity and sexual purity, and we live in a lost society. When we look at politicians who lie and cheat and steal and do whatever they want or businessmen, uh, do the same or individuals and, and and there's people that don't care about life they just snuff out life just because 
uh, you know, they are upset or uh, because they don't like somebody else. We are in a very lost world today. Why are there problems in the world? I mean, let's just philosophically look at it for a second. And we're planning on doing a series this year as we talk about what truth is. But uh, you, you go to the, the college campus, they try to figure out why is there problems in the world? Why do people do it? Well, you know, the church is blamed, religious people are blamed, uh, trying to stand for truth or whatever, all those kind of things. Maybe a political party is blamed or whatever. But the reality, why is there a problem in the world? Is because of our lostness. There is a sinfulness in every one of our heart. We are selfish by nature. We want to do our own things. That's why there's marriage problems. That's why there, we need to be reconciled to God. He wants to bring us to himself. But notice what verse 4 says, 2 Corinthians 4, 4. In whom the God of this world has blinded. The reality is people in this world are lost. But they're blind. They don't even realize it. They're just living on their merry way, think everything's okay. And God is calling us to say, hey, there is another way. There is a right way. There is truth. There is life. There is salvation and forgiveness. There is reconciliation. That is the message. The world is lost and they are in darkness. And our religion is inadequate. But Jesus came to this world and it's only through his grace. It was a preacher in the 1800s named J.C. Ryle, and if you uh, read much, you've probably heard of his uh, name before. But this is what he said about God's grace. The throne of grace will not always be standing. It will be removed one day, and the throne of judgment will be set up in its place. The door of salvation by faith in Christ will not always be open. It will be shut one day forever. The fountain for all sin and uncleanness will not always be accessible. The way to it will one day be barred and there will remain nothing but the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. That's the message of reconciliation. We go our own way, we're separated from God. Under the damnation of our own sin. But a holy God is also a loving God, and he's there to reconcile us. That's what the cross is all about. That Jesus took God's hand, and he took man's hand, and he's trying to reconcile to enemies. God's not our enemy, but we are the enemy of God. You see, hell is a terrible place, and people are lost and going to go there, and we are ambassadors. And we say, please be reconciled to God. Be forgiven, be restored. You can have that relationship back to him. Look at chapter 5, verse 21. For he, referring to God the Father, hath made him God the Son to be sin for us. That's what the cross is. Jesus took our sin on the cross. Who knew no sin? He lived a sinless life. But he goes to the cross that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That's how we're restored. 
He took our sin and he offers us his righteousness. And it's simply because of his grace, his forgiveness, that's what reconciliation is about. You have a debt called sin and you can't pay for it. So Jesus paid for it that you could have eternal life and by faith calling upon his name. That's the message. First of all, what is the message? It's a message of reconciliation. He wants us to come back. Occasionally I'll turn on a, a, a late night to comedian, kind of see what their view of life is in the world. And I can't remember the one guy, just very cynical about religion. He says, oh yeah, God's a loving God, but you don't do what he wants. He sends you to hell. Oh, what kind of God is that? That's a holy God. And he did everything necessary so we don't have to go to hell. Jesus did everything, and we have the ministry of reconciliation. Secondly, how do I fulfill this ministry? Look at verse 20 again. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Notice this, as though God did beseech you by us. God is calling out, maybe you're here today and you're not certain you're on your way to heaven. God is calling out to you, and how is he doing it? Well, at this moment, he's using me. Maybe in the next moment, that is going to be your opportunity when you leave here. By us, we pray you in Christ's stead. So Christ isn't here, so we are doing it instead of him. Be ye reconciled to God. Even verse 18, right before there. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. He's given us that ministry. He's given us the word of reconciliation. He has committed it to us. That is our responsibility. We support missionaries, and we need to support more if we're going to reach the world. We have good ministries, and we need to improve those ministries and do more. We see people say, but we want to do more. I think of the ongoing ministries we have. The reason we can have services on Sunday morning and Wednesday evening. I'm grateful for the welcome team, aren't you, that greet us as we come into the building. Maybe you come a few minutes early and can grab a cup of coffee and talk for a few minutes. We come in and somebody set the chairs up and not only do they set the chairs up, but they go through the chairs and, and pray. They clean the building. They mow the lawn outside so we can be here. There's people that decorate and take care of those things. If you have uh, children, you can take your babies to the nursery. You can take them to the preschool class. You can take them into uh, the children's church and Week after week, they learn the Word of God, and they go through the Gospel Project and learning uh, what the good news of the Gospel is all the way back from the beginning of the Old Testament, how Jesus is portrayed, and, and all that He has done for us that we could end up in heaven one day. And, and uh, boy, when my kids were that age, they would come home and they would say, this is what I learned today. And I was like, man, I hadn't taught that. I'm so thankful for a group of people that partner together with us that our children can grow up. And every third Sunday, our teens go out to their class and they have their Wednesday study and we have Awana where they can hide God's word in their heart. And we have 
uh, all kind of ministries around here that to minister to people and to care for people that we can come every Sunday and hopefully uh, some of you even would uh, start joining us on Wednesdays as well and get connected to a small group and let God mature you and help you to grow. It's a wonderful opportunity. I'm thankful for the people that give of their finances that we can pay the light bill and meet in a building. And if you got my email yesterday, our goal of 15,000, well, we, we're not quite there. We have 14,730 odd uh, dollars, uh, but we're almost there. And I, I'm, I'm certain that as uh, people that give their Christmas offering uh, today, we're going to raise the 15,000 so we can have a, a, a ministry in Romania where children are fed uh, throughout the week. And then with Tony, he's working part-time and, and through us and other churches supporting him so he can uh, see that church established there. But not just that, he's being trained and developed so he can go out and start other churches throughout New York City is that what, uh, is what God has planned for him. And then uh, our, our music uh, equipment, trying to revamp some of those things as well. Paul and I were brainstorming this week just about some of the things that we did with Choice leaving the building. And as I looked at the list, I realized there were three categories where Choice left the building in 2018. And the first one probably doesn't surprise you. If, if you hang around here long enough, there's competitive people around here. And so the first is the area of sports. And we have several things. Our upwards basketball. And then uh, the teen March Madness, and then young adults getting together uh, on Monday nights for basketball. We did throughout a good part of the year till we had some uh, employment uh, changes uh, there. The Turkey Bowl, where uh, old guys think they're young again, and they come in on crutches, you know, the next day, and all those kind of things. But the uh, sporting events where we go, and at every one of these events, we've seen uh, uh, the gospel go out to people. The Turkey Bowl, Pastor Jeff uh, uh, did that message, March Madness, someone shared the gospel. We had uh, young people say, uh, uh, when the young adults get together, they had different uh, people coming together and sharing the message of salvation. Upwards basketball. The majority of the, the kids don't uh, go to our church. They're from in the community, and they're people that attend our church regularly because they came through wanting to bounce a basketball on this floor right here, and uh, now they come to church on Sundays. I tell you, that's exciting. Choice leaving the middle through sports. Secondly, uh, areas, benevolence and, and care, our monthly MRI outreach where uh, we have a team of people sharing Christ's love to the community, the homeless breakfast in the community garden, people that get up early and, and go and feed uh, people, and they share the gospel with these individuals. Uh, people that help uh, to see some food go out to the Hartwood community, people that uh, have some needs. Uh, I mentioned Fellowship of Christian Athletes. We also have uh, some people that <clears throat> do a ministry called Child Evangelism Fellowship that go into uh, uh, elementary classes and share the gospel with, with children. A real important one, one they called Teen Dog Duty. Teens went and picked up dog poop 
in different yards and they said why would you do that we just want to share christ's love with you and some said no no don't do that no and, and some reason the teen leader said no we really want our teens to do this and i think they said go go do it you know i think they I joined them and the, they did that together and like wow that's that's impressive our kairos prison ministry even some death row ministry that happened this past year our mission trip to romania angel tree i read a great letter yesterday that came in it was a, a a lady that was incarcerated and she asked through the angel tree uh, ministry if her daughter could get some presents in her name and our church got this lady's name right in this own community a bunch of different families this happened to this particular one this lady's incarcerated and she wanted to get some gifts to her daughter the grandparents could buy some gifts they could take care of some things but she said I want to do this for my daughter I've made some bad choices and my daughter's awesome I mean I read this uh, letter and she wrote this letter to one of the ladies in the church that bought the gifts and some of you had privilege to take those presents to these homes and just share the love of Christ, invite some people to church and share the gospel. Tony shared his message as well. Sports, benevolence and care, and then the holidays. And I'm just thinking about our Easter outreach. If you were part of that, that was awesome. The stars and stripes, I mean, that was great. Uh, our, our mission team that went to Romania uh, took a big part of that, but we, we went down to the Spotsylvania uh, uh, Stars and Stripes Spectacular, and there were thousands of people, and we did ministry uh, throughout this time where people were walking around. We got to share Christ there. Hollow Fest, this place turned into a, uh, a pumpkin patch, and I don't know what all uh, else, but for uh, about a two-week period, people, th here's, here's what was going on. The beginning of the year I looked at the calendar and I said Wednesday is October 31st everybody's gonna want a trick-or-treat I'm we're not gonna do a wanna we're canceling everything here and we'll, hopefully people can use it as a good outreach and uh, different people came to me and said we're not doing something here I said no no we're just gonna let people trick-or-treat or whatever they do and can we do something here? I don't know what the idea is. I, I don't think it's a good idea. And they said, God, can we? And I said, okay, we will do it. And they really got on my nerves because they had all these ideas, spent all this time and stuff. I'm like, ah, oh, you know, people are going to trick or treat. They're not going to come here. And uh, boy, was I wrong. I mean, and this place was great. And then they, they got the uh, teams involved in a uh, a trail and we, we couldn't call it haunted because we're very sanctified around here it was a festive trail i don't know what we called it but uh what was it spirited trail yes a festive that's more christmas that, that, that's what we should do next year a festive trail and have santa going around there and pastor jeff can be that no he's not going to be he's not a santa fan all right anyway i let me go back to the we represent the lollipop guild all right so i got off topic here didn't i somehow but i mean the hollow fest and there were hundreds of people here and children coming and families i had no idea who they were and i decided to dress up like donald trump and so and some of them were like what are you doing are you are you pro-trump anti-trump i said it's just a costume you know just, it really is just a costume here and so i just wanted to make choice great again or something you know so anyway but any but we we had a harvest uh, a hollow fest we had our thanksgiving meal where people came out and then the children's christmas play i mean back in 
early of 2018, a team came to Pastor Steve and said, here we have an idea. And the idea is they wrote a play. And then starting in August or September, after all these individual meetings, they said, we're going to start meeting. And some of you hung out after the morning service for about 30 minutes as, as they trained. And I tell you, we had as many in that Sunday night play as we had in the Sunday morning service. I mean, and you know what? People don't want to sit on the front rows, Norm, but you know what? Grandparents were on the front row, and they had their cameras out. I mean, it was exciting. This place was full, and it was energetic, and it was about a 45-minute program, and just Jesus was shared. And there was somebody I talked to afterward and said, man, I'm out of church, and I really liked what I heard, and I, I want to start coming here. I tell you, that's exciting, isn't it? We had a children's play. The teen program was awesome. And Ben, I heard you wrote that uh, program as well. And so awesome uh, job there. And they said, well, we've got a little skit. I mean, I got in. I'm like, this isn't a little skit. I mean, this is awesome. And, and, you know, I'm not the most emotional guy. But, I mean, I was sitting there, Ben, and, and I was having to fight back tears. And because, man, it was just moving uh, how uh, God worked through that teen uh, program. And then our, our caroling that we did in the communities. Boy, I got to go to one home. There's a family in our church, both husband and wife, fighting cancer. And he's uh, just dealing with some real serious issues. He went through 100 days of isolation where he couldn't go out. And his cancer was much less. But they said, we need to do another 60 or 90 days where you're in isolation as well. And we said, let's just go sing to this family. And boy, they were excited. He was standing way back at the, uh, a window because you just can't be close to people. And we were uh, singing uh, Christmas carols and stuff. And it was just like, wow, you got to minister to somebody that has been in isolation for about six months. Our Christmas Eve service, we appreciate all those that put signs out into the community and those that served. And there were people that came to one service and and served during the other service and ministered and i just want to say thank you choice baptist for the work that happened in 2018. i hope we do a lot more in 2019 but i, I as i look back i just say i'm grateful i'm grateful for what this church does for our community for how you love the pastors back in October with pastor appreciation. Many of you sent notes. Kids did any, many wonderful things. They did a program for us as well. And uh, then as we get into uh, December, Pastor Jeff and I had uh, birthdays and, and people gave us stuff, Christmas uh, candy and stuff. I, you know, I've uh, uh, had to do extra workouts so, uh, you know, I could eat some of those things and stuff. And we just, we, we appreciate um, the choice family for being who you are. The third question I ask, do I understand the motivation? Let's just look at one more verse. Chapter 5, verse 14. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. You see, if all of us are lost, 
Or here he says we're even dead. We're separated from God. And we can't do anything to earn God's favor. But he's come to us. And now we're God's mouthpiece and we're to go to the world around us. How can we deal with that message of reconciliation? Because we may be rejected. And somebody may say, you're very uneducated. Believe in a God when there's so much science around to have a belief in morality. Everybody should be able to do their own thing. How can you say there's right and wrong? How can you say there's truth? Young people, if you go back to college, you're going <clears> to <throat> hear some of those kind of things. But the reality is what motivates us to keep going on and doing what we do? It is the love of Christ. He loves us. And he wants us to love the world. Let's just bow our heads for just a moment. The great Christmas song that we sing, Hark the herald angels sing, Glory to the newborn king, Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. We have the ministry of reconciliation. Let's share it. Not just because it was our theme in 2018, but because that's the great commission. And friend, maybe you're here today. There's never been that time in your life that you accepted Christ as your Savior. Maybe you don't really even understand what it means to be lost, what sin is. That how Jesus came to this world, how could Jesus be God and come to this world and die and then to come back to life? We'd love to share that message with you. Let me encourage you to keep coming. Join us in our small groups on Wednesdays. Or you could even come up front this morning to talk to someone on how you can know that your sins are forgiven. Or maybe you're here today and you've trusted Christ, but you've never been baptized. Why don't you make that decision? I'm going to follow the Lord in baptism. I want that public profession, that demonstration. We're getting connected, getting involved, making a difference, impacting lives for God's glory. How can you make a difference as we move ahead? Dear Father, please bless this invitation. Lord, may we be your representatives. May you fill us with your spirit. Clarify the message. May we be able to clearly articulate our own salvation testimony and offer that to our friends, our loved ones our co-workers, fellow students, 
Lord, use us as your ambassador. In Jesus' name. Let's stand with our heads bowed and just let God speak to you as the team sings this morning. If you need to come, you step out. just have the music playing for a minute if you need to step out you come or just <clears throat> in your seat as you stand there is there someone in your life that God wants you to be a witness to and invite him to church but do more than that Share your story. Tell them that they can know that they're going to heaven one day. Who's that person? Dear Father, help us to use the opportunities that you give to us to share our faith, whether that be a, a waiter or waitress this afternoon, a teller at the grocery store or the bank, a teacher, a fellow student, somebody on our sports team or next-door neighbor, Lord, may we be more like you. And in your place, encourage people to be reconciled unto yourself. 
use us as a godly example. Let our light shine. Use our abilities as we serve you here in the ministry and throughout the community around us. In Jesus' name, amen.